0: I'm Jack Thompson, and this is my quest for truth. I don't know where this journey will take us, but I know one thing for sure. Truth seldom lives within the orthodoxy. Let's look behind the curtain, shall we? We very well may not find the truth there either, but perhaps instead we will find clues. Clues that may just send us down the road less traveled by. My guess is that will make all the difference. is up, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Cognitive Dissonance Podcast. Really appreciate you joining me for this episode. Uh, As I mentioned last week, I'm really excited to bring you uh, this interview. This is a conversation I had with a lady named Veda Austin. And Veda is a really incredible person who is doing seriously mind-blowing stuff with water. And water has sort of become a passion of mine. It's something that I think is vitally important that most people don't stop and think about and consider what's in their water, uh, the source of their water, what kind of chemicals, pollutants, pharmaceuticals, God knows what else uh, are in the water in our taps that we drink and that we bathe in. And a little side note, I started, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I started going up to a spring, um, probably 45 minutes north of the city where I live. And usually I'll take my children along and I have, I don't know, I have one giant glass jug that's like 13 gallons. Uh, I have two, what are called carboys, these five gallon glass jugs. And then I probably have 10 or 12 glass gallon jugs that I've kind of slowly acquired over time, you know, a apple cider jug or something like that. And so I'll go up there I don't know, once a month, and fill up at this spring. It's out in the middle of nowhere, back in the woods behind this old church. And uh, it's become a fun little ritual for the kids and I. And that is basically the only water that I drink or use for cooking. I need to do something about my uh, bathing situation, but um, I think this is a... For me, it was a a big step to commit to, for the most part, only drinking uh, spring water. And so I think water is such an important element of our health. And it's not often considered when you talk about your health and your wellness. We talk about exercise. We talk about diet and things that we eat. We talk about supplements. But we don't talk much about water other than, you know, you should have eight glasses a day or, you know, how much water should you drink? That's usually the conversation. It's very rarely where are you sourcing the water, what's in the water that you're drinking. So it's a bit of a digression But that quasi-passion for water led me down a rabbit hole that introduced me to the work of a man named Dr. Gerald Pollack. Some of you are familiar with him, others maybe not, but if you're not, definitely check out his book, uh, The Fourth Phase of Water. He's a researcher and professor at uh, University of Washington, I believe, and made a really amazing discovery that there is, in fact, a fourth phase of water. And without going too deep into the weeds on this, bottom line is there is a fourth phase of water beyond just liquid, solid, and vapor. That's more of a gel-like form of water that lives within all creatures. It's within our cells. It makes up the cytoplasm in our cells, and it's throughout the tissues in our body, and it's found in plants and fruits and animals and all over the place. But this fourth phase of water... Dr. Pollock calls easy water, exclusion zone water. Believe it or not, water can have structure. And water is so much more than just this boring, tasteless, clear liquid that comes out of your tap. And this fourth phase of water, this easy water, is not only vital to your survival and to your ability to thrive and to make energy and to make ATP with your mitochondria, but it has some pretty unbelievable qualities and capabilities, we'll say. And that leads me to the work of Dr. Emoto. I don't know how many of you have heard of Dr. Emoto. Hopefully some of you have. If you haven't, definitely look into his work. There's an amazing documentary you can watch uh, on YouTube. I don't know, it's maybe an hour and a half, but it will blow your mind. Dr. Emoto did these famous experiments where he would play, for example, different types of music to a Petri dish of water And then he would flash freeze the water, the Petri dish, after playing this music. So when he would play Beethoven or Mozart or Bach, the structure of the ice would be this beautiful structure, this crystalline snowflake-like structure in the ice that you could only describe as divinely inspired. But when he would play, say, death metal or some music with a negative energy, it would be a disgusting, ugly structure in the frozen Petri dish. He would say things like, I love you, to one Petri dish, and then to another Petri dish, he would say, I hate you, and then flash freeze the Petri dishes, and a similar result would occur. So this led him to research more about the structure of water, and it turns out that the more structured water is, the more information it can retain. And he discovered that water does, in fact, not only retain information, but it, it has a memory. And this memory can last decades, centuries, millennium. And this has tremendous implications. And if you recall on uh, my interview with Dr. Cowan, he blew my mind a little bit. That, to me, was sort of the seminal moment of that interview, at least for me personally, when he explained that our memories as humans, they're not some kind of electrical impulse or something else stored inside of our brain. They're literally stored in the water all throughout our body. Not just in the brain, but all through the body. They're stored in the structured water. And we know this from technology and computers that you can store information on crystalline structures. And that's in a nutshell how water stores information very similar to uh, i guess a processor i am not a, a tech person but you know it's the same basic principle that they use in computing and so with that in mind that leads me to Veda Austin and without spilling the beans and spoiling the interview what she does based on this information I've given you based on this premise what she does is absolutely mind blowing just incredible. And you can almost, you almost can't believe your eyes when you see what she does. So while this is an audio podcast, I will make the video available as well. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So you'll definitely want to check out the video. I'll also link up to her social media where she posts a lot of pictures of her work. So I definitely encourage you to check it out, support her. She has a new book out, which tells you exactly how to do this technique yourself. So without further ado, I bring you my interview with Veda Austin. So joining us now is Veda Austin, and I'm very, very excited to have her here. And Veda, I'll start off by saying I, I mentioned this to you when I first reached out, but uh, I recently uh, interviewed Dr. Tom Cowan, and um, I didn't know the interview was going to go in this direction, but we wound up talking about water, uh, a big percentage of, of that hour we had together, and, I just had this epiphany. I've learned a lot about water. Um, I'm very familiar with Dr. Gerald Pollack's work. Um, and I am a big believer in the water that we drink should be, you know, pure and from the earth and, and, and even vortex and all these things. So I have a, I guess, above average, uh, understanding, but in terms of how water actually impacts our lives, uh, on a spiritual level, on a biological level, I was kind of blown away by some of the stuff that Dr. Cowan brought to light, um, namely that he he says that, and I believe this fully, but he says that memories, human memories, are actually preserved in the water, in our cells, throughout the body. You know, I said to him, so are, are memories not you know, electrical impulses like a, you know, stored like a computer hard drive or are they saved in the water in your brain or something. And he said, you're partially right. They're, they're stored in the water, but not just in your brain, all over your body. And pretty quickly I thought about you. Uh, I had heard the interview he did with you and was really like uh, impressed at the time when I first heard the interview a few months ago. Um, but everything came together in one moment. I had this this big epiphany uh, where you were proving that water has memory unequivocally. Uh, and so I guess the reason I had this epiphany is because otherwise, without your work, I don't think what Dr. Cowan said to me would have resonated. I'm not sure I would have just immediately have accepted it as possible. Um, but because of your work, what Dr. Cowan said, the fact that Memories, everything in our body is stored in the water. The water has a memory. I thought of you. I went back to your website. I re-listened to that interview and went down the rabbit hole with your work. And I was like, I have to have her on. I have to talk to her about this. So uh, thank you so much for, for coming on. And I can't wait to dive in and learn more.
1: Well, it's my pleasure. And I've always, I mean, it is difficult for people to grasp that concept. And even the, to grasp the concept that water can store information. But when I think about that, I think of water itself as awareness. And I think of the salts within it as the part that actually also stores, stores the, the memory. So when you think about salt, salt is a crystal and crystals are in all of our technology and they store vast amounts of information. But when the marriage of salt and water come together, then there is this incredible liquid uh, crystal and a liquid crystal is like, you know, we're essentially what we are, we're like this liquid crystal antenna, we're picking up so much information from the external world, but we're also picking up all the information from the internal world, I think there's two worlds, the world we live on and the world we live in, and the world we live in is also affected by our thoughts and our feelings and all of these kinds of things that are remembered within this human vessel, and so it is, and and then when I think about it, I also think that because we never really think about water in the air. And although we are literally, you know, comforted and supported by all this water that's in the air. And I've always thought that we have this electrical component, of course, which is from the salt within us. With salt's electrical. Yep. And, it's, and so it kind of goes from the fluid part of our body and, and travels out. Like, like, you know how a spider sits in the middle of its web. It's created this web. And something can just brush past the end of the spider web and it can feel it, it can't see it. So it's almost as if the web sort of starts after the body of, of this feeling energy that comes through the the, the the kind of air that's affected by us. It's still there's an entanglement that is still part of the water that changes its face. And so that's how we walk into a, a room and we can feel its energy because that kind of invisible web is picking up on what else is left in the air and so we have this kind of way of 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 feeling that we can't explain but to me water explains so many things practically even down to that phantom arm you know if somebody has a missing limb and they, and they have memory of what that arm feels like, but, and so they, they, they can feel it it's as if it's still there right? because this that, that would come into the idea of a subtle body is still physically there. Kind of, if you not, not in the physical sense of what I mean, but it is still present within the, the, the energy. The air. And so there is that encasement almost of like a, a kind of, it kind, it's hard to imagine or explain, but. For me that kind of makes sense because there's still that memory there of how that feels and because it's in a subtle form so yeah i mean i know i went off on a whole tangent with that but no
0: but that that makes perfect sense and and when you talk about sort of the web that surrounds us all um you know i don't know a lot about quantum physics but you know I, i am familiar with the idea at least that um you know something moves a particle moves uh anywhere in the universe every other particle moves or, you know, everything is connected. And, you know, I know there, uh, there were some studies recently where uh, some scientists were uh, diving into this phenomenon and they were able to make, you know, particles move, I forget, you know, 20, 30, 50 miles away uh, from their lab um, proving that everything is, is connected. Uh, Do you think that that energy, Kind of spans the world the globe the universe and, and you know you say when you walk into a room you can sense someone's energy um does the energy of the world the universe uh also permeate us can we feel that
1: i don't know how we can't but when you start studying water what you realize is that water is so ancient the glass of water that you drink we, we just don't even think about it but when you when you do firstly water seeded the earth from asteroids so it's an alien substance secondly so it has over 66 anomalous properties it does it defies the laws of physics and gravity by molecular count we're 99 percent water and in that glass it's been through the clouds it's been through the earth it's been through the cows and the trees and the leaves and the butterflies it's been through the dinosaurs it's been through your ancestors and you're about to drink it and then when you think about the fact That when we drink water obviously goes throughout the whole body but we also expel water and so that water is always going back to source water always goes back to source just like us and that's my feeling anyway and so when i think about this i'm thinking what i'm we're really observing is that water itself is always on this incredible journey to find itself just like us and so when we look for life on other planets we are always looking for water. That's what I mean. It, it feels as if water is always in search of itself. It's as if if water, for example, just throwing it out there, was in fact expressing its consciousness through us and every other living entity on the planet, simply to observe itself from every perspective and not just this planet, but potentially every planet and throughout this universe and many other solar systems, Then why, then how could we not be all interconnected? When we think about this fact that the water that we've expelled that was inside of us, it splashes down the toilet, goes out into the ocean eventually, and it's evaporated up into the clouds and comes back again. We are essentially, you know, sharing ourselves with everything, and everything is being shared with us. And this water itself, outside of primary water, which is said to have come from the earth, within the Earth's mantle, this alien water that came from goodness knows only where, from different places as well, which would explain why there's different energies and different water sources have different information. You know, it's, hu- it's so huge that how, how could we possibly not be all interconnected? I mean, that's the point we, we just are not even aware, I don't think, of the huge amount of potential within us when we really are boiling it all down, pardon the pun, water, salts, minerals and consciousness and when you think about water, water accompanies us from the moment of conception throughout life and even upon death, water is the thing that goes up, it's evaporated and what's left eventually is dust and bones which is salts, even when you're cremated the ashes are actually salts. So we're made of these two immortals essentially which is which is water and salt. And salt is a crystal. And, and, and even when it's, you know, it, within the cremation process, the salts remain. And water, it's like, these two are a marriage, there's not anything alive that's not made of these two things. I always like to make things simple, look at the very basic, basic things. What are we made of? And when we think about that, we're made of these two immortal shapeshifters which are just from, from earth and from space, come together in this vessel. And like Bruce Lee says, he's like, be like water. Water becomes the cup, it becomes the, you know, the, the, the vessel. So are we the vessel or are we the water? And it's, it's so water, water has become the body. And we have this idea so much because when we look in the mirror with our fourth phase water eyes, which is the type of gel, you know, it's a liquid solid gas and then a type of gel or plasma. Mm -hmm. And we look at ourselves, but we think we are so solid of skin and hair and this is what we are. But if we, our skin was invisible, we would see ourselves in an entirely different way. And we see what a fluid kind of sophisticated liquid system we really are and how much is coming in and how much is going out in this constant flow. It's a different it's, way of looking
0: at it. <laughs> it is. It's mind blowing and it's beautiful. Um, you know, one thing that I keep thinking is, you know, people who are uh, uh, inclined towards spirituality, our, our hippie listeners out there, uh, I think they'll accept this no problem. Uh, I think about your average Joe or Jane, uh, who uh, lives in this world and they're, you know, wired like most other people and uh, don't think about these sort of things. Something like this is hard to probably. A, wrap your head around and B, even accept. I- I'm curious, first of all, what kind of reception do you get, uh, from our, you know, non-hippie, uh, spiritual, uh, folks that you encounter? Do you find that they're pretty, um, uh, accepting of this, uh, principle, this notion, or do they seem to reject it?
1: Well, to be honest, I'm, I never really try to convince anybody of anything. Yeah. So, um, and I'm very honest about my approach and how this journey for me began. And when people hear how organic it is, and they see that the way in which I've gone about the, the work I do with water, then there is a, a kind of I respect at least that where I'm coming from is not from a super hippie perspective. I'm very sciencey in many ways. And I like my, my work as kind of a mix of science and art and consciousness. And what I'm saying uh, is based upon what I'm seeing so much so, as well as the new science of water. So you mentioned Dr. Gerald Pollack, and he's a very dear friend of mine and a mentor, and he was kind enough to actually write something really really beautiful um, in my my book. Um, And and so what he he says is that my work is so extraordinary that that it's actually now up to the science world to, to, to prove how this is working. And even Rupert Sheldrake said something amazing about my book. And so I've had some, you know, amazing educated scientists um, say say what they feel. And what they feel is like the work, there's over 10,000 photos of my work. So even if you are just so super sciency and you go, this is crazy, because most people think, how is this even possible when you see the photos? and and people need to bear in mind I still feel like that. I still go, oh my God, because I'm not the creator. I'm simply that's why I call it co-creation, because I'm like the medium and water is the artist. The truth is I'm just taking photos on my iPhone and the, the photos that I'm showing people are just what I'm seeing in the ice and right. I'm teaching the technique so people can also do it. And one of the reasons I did that so is so that I can get a body of of what to prove. And it's not just me and my, my connection with water that's extra special but we're all extra special and we are we do all have connections with water because we're bodies of water having connections with everybody else and so we you know I, I tend to um, I tend to like to work in different worlds and kind of bridge different worlds I hope I'm I, of course the traditional scientist or scientific way uh, of approaching um, this I, ha- I actually had um, something very profound happen a few several years ago. There's uh, some people that I were working with. They wanted some more scientific kind of proof of of how this my my method works. And um, we'll probably share some photos soon and stuff so people can know what we're going on about. Yeah. But um, in a nutshell, uh, I call it CMP or Collective Molecular Photography. What I do. So essentially, what I will do is. Um, it, influence or i rather would inspire water in some way um in a like water in a petri dish so i get like uh, my petri dish here and i'll put a little bit of water in it and like i'll think something and then i'll um i'll then put it into the freezer for a specific amount of time it's actually under five minutes i used to freeze it completely but as i got to understand these different phases of water And I used to pull the um, petri dish out sooner and sooner and sooner, earlier and earlier and earlier. And I started to see something really amazing that there's two types of water and water. So there's informed water and uninformed water and the informed water adheres to the glass bottom of the petri dish very, very quickly within minutes. And then there's an uninformed kind of water which stays fluid much longer. So I only photograph the water in which is informed and it gives me this 3D like kind of crystal architecture and it's very thin, but it's so fast, you wouldn't believe it, and so, but I used to just let it completely freeze, and I still got images in that way, and so what I would see when I pull it out would be a reflection or uh, an artistic expression of the influence, so if I thought of a hand, I'd see a hand, if I thought of something like a butterfly, I'd see a butterfly, and as my relationship with water developed closer and closer, and I, and it became like, like this, this kind of bond formed and so it it became it happened more and more regularly so in the beginning when I first started doing this I'd have like one in every 10 or so uh, that would be like really amazing and then as my relationship grew over the last eight and a bit years it started to become more like one in every eight and then one in every five and then one in every two and now it's pretty much every time And that's because I've almost stopped thinking. Now, what I realize is that I don't, water seems to know what I'm going to think before I even think it. I've done, I've just put water in a Petri dish and frozen it without any thought that I I knew I thought I had. And then a few hours later, and and then I'd pull it out and I'd photograph it. And the last one I did was, there was this kind of obelisk in the ice. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And it was a very specific shape. And a few hours later, a girlfriend of mine she came over and she said, "Oh, you know, I just put this amazing crystal. Have a look at this." And it was this perfect obelisk. And I'm like, "She said, have you ever seen anything like it?" I'm like, "Well, actually." Oh my gosh! Take a look at this. That is so insane. I'm, I'm being shown things and that are about to happen, and that's happened multiple times now. So the more, it's almost as if. You know when you have a friendship, and you just trust that friend, and you, there's there's some unspoken stuff between you that you just know about each other, and you can just trust them to show up in a certain way. But in the beginning of the friendship, you're getting to know someone, and there's a formality or whatever it is, and so it is that kind of it is much like relationship in so many ways.
0: Oh, um, yeah, I want yeah. to I want to trace uh, sort of your uh, your your background and and how you got to this point. I can't, before we get to that point, I can't help but ask you have you thought about, and I assume you have, but could you ask the water things about your future? Uh, I'm, I'm
1: sure you could. I'm just going to pull you down here a little bit. Um, I'm, sh- I'm absolutely sure you, you could. I haven't because I don't feel the need to, because in some part of that, it's, there is the curiosity, but where is the curiosity coming from? Right. And so it is that, you know, I've learned I really have to be mindful of my questions and wonder where they come from. Is it coming from a, a place of simple curiosity to see what just what water will show me? Or do I really want to know what's going on in my future for some other reason? You know, is it is there a, is there an ego driven part of that or right. is it is it simple and, and sweet and kind and real? You know, I, I'm it, it does force me to be in integrity. And there's lots of things I could have asked about myself uh, if I had wanted to. Uh, and then I just, I tend to choose not to. I tend to like, I just love what water is, uh, is ready to share. And, um, you know, I I know, because you, you were asking about how the more, the, the, the I don't know, I mean, everybody is special to me. That's how I feel it. Like. But, you know, people that are perhaps not, open to a lot of things in that way and have a more black and white way of seeing life and my eldest son is very much like that he's very he's not so he's just very practical you know and i and i love that about him because he also helps me i did this thing um because he's been watching my work for a long time you know and and he's developed more of a respect because the body of work has grown and grown and grown and grown and And now it's like he's seeing that other people are going, wow, this is amazing. But he asked me a really important question. It's why it's great to have teenagers and children to like give you new perspectives. And um, I did a lot of work with music and water because Masaru Emoto, and he was also not uh, embraced by the scientific community, but his work still, I think opened the door towards people being able to view themselves as bodies of water and that thoughts create things externally and internally. And so, um, but he did some work very much um, in contrast with water, where he did classical studies compared to heavy metal. And he never did any much other kind of music other than classical and heavy metal. And whoever was doing heavy metal probably didn't really like the heavy metal who was doing that test. Um, But I I feel that there is a judgment, not not necessarily from those people, but there was an assumption that heavy metal is bad. Personally, I'm not a heavy metal fan, but that doesn't mean it's bad it's more around water's expression. So I wanted to to allow water to be able to express itself in lots of different genres of music because my son, he said to me, well, you know, mum, I really like rap. So if I'm just listening to rap all day in the car and water only likes classical music, then, you know, what's going on in my body? I'm like, it's a really great point. (laughs) And so, you know, I did Tupac and I did like all different genres and it was so awesome. And And I did like guns and roses and I did some classical and I did some kind of you know just some rock and some 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 uh like the sound of Om um and some buddhist chants and like this big variety and yeah. some jazz and water just expressed itself in all these cool different ways and and some were very, um, very kind of like I did one of the sound of a gong, expecting it to look like the sound of um, which I'll share in, uh, soon, which is the circular kind of universal pattern. And I did repeat studies of that. So that's the other part that Jerry Pollock actually really suggested to me. Make sure people understand that in your repeated studies, which are very important, where you've used the same influence over and over again that they know you're not taking hundreds of photos and choosing the best one. Right. I, I actually can't do that because I'm doing most of this in my kitchen and it's hot and the ice melts really fast. So I can only take two or three good photos at, at, at a time. So it's not that I, I'm not in a cold room doing I'm actually organically taking these photos. So um, so what you're seeing is what you get.
0: Right. And for the <laughs> and sciencey people, this is repeatable. You know, you can get the yeah. similar results over and over again.
1: And and that's what I'm seeing. So with the sound of the gong, I had this silly assumption that it would look somewhat like the um pattern. Yeah. Makes uh, sense. But it didn't. It actually designed the gong with the round gong with this mallet on top wow. just to prove me wrong. <sighs> and so when you see the work, you kind of get more of a sense for it but I'm very much interested in staying the observer the without too much like we have this this idea that we need to influence so people often say to me well you know I mean uh, will the peas and the you know whatever you've got in the freezer influence the water when it's in there and I think um, things that are frozen are sort of in a state of suspension. So I say, you don't have to worry about, about that. It's always good to have a flat surface though and don't like have it on top of the whatever if the frozen thing is in there. Yep. But there's this understanding, even at the last water conference I was at, there was a lot of talk around, but you know, were there other influences? Were there people in the room with the, with the influence? So even saying that, even saying that over and over again, says that water is that sensitive that it can pick up information that it can be influenced. I actually personally think it's the influencer but, um, but that's my personal view because I, I think we're made up of all of this water and that in fact where we are our environment really creates, um, it, it really impacts us. So I'm very fortunate right now to to be surrounded by this amazing water and I can feel the shift in myself So it's water, is influencing the water in me. Uh, So, I mean, perhaps I should just kind of start
0: Sure, (laughs) yeah, yeah, please.
1: So many places to go. But I am, you know, I'm out there saying, I actually don't know how this is happening, how this work is working. I have my theories. I'm never claiming that I know what's happening. But the most you know like someone said to me that the job of a scientist is also to re- reveal what the findings are so I'm revealing the findings it's really up to the people that know how I mean to try and figure out how it's working that much I actually I I don't really know but I'm presenting the evidence as I see it and you know my book has hundreds of photos of this but I literally have thousands of my my phone god bless it it's just it's, it's got like you know thousands and thousands of photos on there and so I mean that's the mind-blowing part and the probably most scientific part that if, if people really are looking at it one or two or three or four even five photos that look like what the influence was might be passed off as a coincidence thousands no chance that's a little more difficult yeah
0: <laughs> exactly well yeah let's, right. let's dive in and uh, I'm excited okay. to uh, to see
1: sure I'm just going to do the screen share so, um, so I started out with this question, like, uh, where did water come from? So I just push play up here, um, and and that was like a really important question. And we've covered we've covered this, you know. Obviously, it's at least seventy percent of what's on top of the surface of the Earth came from asteroids that seeded the planet, making it this alien substance. So what if this alien substance that is water could communicate with you and what if it could read your mind and show you your thoughts through the method of freezing and that sounds like quite a crazy thing to just throw out there but that came from some people that inspired me and from my own self-inquiry and so I mentioned Masaru Emoto so his work was very much in contrast. You can see the water crystals that say you from the word you fall and the water crystal that developed from the word thank you and because it's so contrasting and that a, that a picture speaks a thousand words what we see really it makes a difference you show this to a child and they are blown away by how it makes them feel when you when your eyes take that in and you go wow you know that's that's really powerful to see and so i i, I liked that kind of visual aspect of it but he's taking map, like microscopic photographs um, And so another person that inspired me was Laurent Costa. He's not as well known, but I really wish he was. He's a French photographer. And his book is called Journey into the Heart of Water. And what was so cool about his work is that he's showing pictures. He's taking microscopic photographs of water, but rather than use or be the influencer, like in Emoto's work, he's got influences. Laurent doesn't do anything he has a spirit he has this also as more a spiritual relationship with water is much like myself and that we love to allow water to reveal itself um, and so he's got images that we can relate to as humans like a heart means something to me and a smiley face makes me feel good and he has some other smiley faces that he's mm-hmm. got here which is super cute And so the other, um, I don't have a photo of him, but the other person that influenced me, his name was Thomas Hieronymus. He was a radionic engineer and he made an observation when he went into a Parisian meat market, he observed that the, the the freshly placed organs of an animal appeared to be affecting the way the frost froze on the glass behind them. So the liver organ appeared to be affecting the frost so that it formed into the shape of a liver organ. Same with the brain, etc., etc. And he thought that even though the organ itself was not alive, it wasn't connected to a body anymore, it still held some kind of life force energy that emanated out of it due to the water content in the blood. And I wow. found that really interesting. So I put all of these together, like water is this alien substance and it can design and create in imagery and in geometry. I'm like, okay, this is all cool to read about this stuff. But like, what can I do? You know, I didn't have a microscope at the time. And so I'm like, well, you know, I, um, I have some amazing water because I had a profound healing experience with a very specific type of, of water from New Zealand, from a spring water, And so I thought, well, I am going to use some of that water, I'm going to put some of that water into the petri dish, I'm going to project a fort or something, and I'm going to freeze it, because the the common thread between them all was that even through the seeding of the planet, the the water that came to earth was an ice form, so there's this thing about ice, ice throughout all of these, where it's frozen, where water kind of uses its building blocks of ice to design, like an incredible architect, and so I thought, okay, I need to freeze the water and I'm going to just see what happens. You know, It was, it was just, I had no expectation right. of what I might get. So I, I got my petri dish of water and, and um, I was going to think something, but then I organically thought something because there was some fluff floating around in the water. So I was like, ah, oh. so I put my hand in and took the fluff out. But I consciously thought, I wonder if my hand will have any impact on the waters, you know, memory, because I didn't really understand or believe, or not necessarily it's not that I didn't believe it. I just wanted to see it for myself because I think self-inquiry is really important. Don't believe everything you read, don't <laughs> find out for yourself. Um, and so I put it in the freezer and I pulled it out hours later, and I and I and I held it up to the light and I took a photograph of it. And and this is the photo that I took. Whoa. And I was kind of freaked out like the <laughs> But i'm like no this is crazy weird and um and,
0: and this is your my, first ever my attempt
1: first ever attempt um and so i'm like oh god okay so i i showed it to my son rama and i said the photo and i said hey rama what does this look like to you because i wanted to make sure it wasn't just me that like yeah. and he said oh, it's a hand mom and then i'm thinking about informed water and i'm like okay at the time i, I lived at, at, a, at a different beach and um and so I, um, I went and got some seawater and uh, I did the same thing. And I got this cool fish shape in the water with his perfectly round eye and his little fins at the top. And you can see he um, and his tail, he's super cute. And the feathering is kind of indicative of, of um, what I often see in salt water. It freezes differently than fresh water. So that's, of course, when my freezer became my most used household appliance. And I started doing all kinds of different... Um, you know tests and so um, I saw that water like to design in images and so I thought well I'd use the influence of imagery and photos to see if it would reflect back what it was being exposed to so the first photo I showed um, was my friend Wendy I have a photo on the right and the image you can see is on the left. And this is when I changed my technique. So um, this is where I started to take water out earlier. And you can see it has more dimension and light in it. Mm-hmm. And there's a th- actually a thinner layer of ice. So um, compared to the hand.
0: Um, How zoomed in that, is this, that, that photo?
1: I have. Some, I don't have it on here, but in my book, I've got the backed out version. So lots of people go, oh my God. So they vary between being about a, to a half to the whole dish um and invariance of that gotcha so wow this i can't i can't really remember it but yeah they're, yeah well, they're, they're, they're huge macroscopic terms so everything we were seeing prior was in, apart from hieronymus's work which we never saw i wish he'd photographed that but um you know it was microscopic
0: right this is not, yeah you can is, see with the
2: naked eye
1: um, then my friend Laurent, who we were just talking about, he sent me his photo and he said, can you show this to the water for me? And so I did. And it took his profile photo basically. Wow. <laughs> and, um, and so then I had this photograph of my daughter's braid. So often I, love this I one. Was, I'll, yeah, I love it too. And I, I will print these fo- these pictures out and I'll put the petri dishes on top of them for 30 seconds. There's no real rhyme or reason why I chose 30 seconds, except that I, I know it it can be two seconds, but 30 seconds seems like a reasonably good time and it's half a minute. So but the, the, the fact that this went in liquid and came out as a braid is like, I mean, like I get blown away by this still. <laughs> so um, you can see what I've done here. I was studying electrical conductivity and I liked the black and white image. So I, I printed it out and um, put the Petri dish of water on it and then froze it and you can see, so this was, a, this is quite good because you can see that this is in my in between stage, stage between freezing it completely and taking it out earlier, so you can kind of see the stages uh, of, yes, of okay. the Um, This is cool, this is a, a Van Gogh painting of yes. sunflowers and you can see that water's made its own expression of it and I, I love water's one as well, it's so unique and the colors that come through, a lot of people um, ask me, how come there's so many colors? And I, I, because there's a thin layer, and I often am in places where there's a lot of windows and a lot of different light and color, I like that those different colors come through because it adds to a more artistic expression. Um, Absolutely. You could, of course, set it up in a lab and do it in a different way and have it, you know, with no color coming through. That's just not my style, but other people can do that if they want. Sure. Um, I liked, my son likes dinosaurs. Um, this was a few years ago though. Um, and what was cool about this was that he, um, he did this and we saw that the water had actually designed the pupil to be round rather than like a slit cat's eye. Yeah. And my son was like, well, maybe water knows something about dinosaurs that we don't. And I'm like, well, who knows, you know, it was round then. So, then this is cool um i just used the, the, the cow as the influence but somebody actually said to me why did you outline it you know what did why did you do that in the actual in the ice picture i'm like i didn't that's not a marker pen that's the ice that
2: <laughs> and you can even nuts. see the
1: light in the cow's eye
2: yeah, yes that's yes cool. oh
1: <laughs> this is a whale shark and you can see the design that water has created it almost you could, it's actually amazing. I love this picture. It is. It's really cool. Beautiful. It's beautiful. So then I'm like, well, you know, just because we're humans doesn't mean we're the only people that, the only things that influence things on the planet. So animals must have some kind of creation, co-creation with water. So my cat (laughs) Jeeva, he's like, it's interesting because I will often put my Petri dishes, um, uh, on the ground uh, because well, for various different tests that I do I won't get into it and Jeeva's always attracted to them he's <laughs> always trying to fish something out of them and there's nothing that we can see in them but I swear he sees there's something in the water that he's trying to get out and so in this one the water obviously saw his little pork and Jeeva looking at the Petri dish of water. And that's oh. all he did. It was two, three seconds. He just wow. looked at it. And then we can see it's designed as two eyes and his little nose and its yeah. ears. And it's super cute. <laughs> um, and I love this, this picture because it looks like an etching. It looks like someone decided to do some kind of painting. I like etching of, of a dog. Yeah, so it does. The story behind this was that I, I was at a cafe. And uh, I saw this little schnauzer dog that looks like the one on the right, and drinking from the dog bowl that they'd left out for all the thirsty dogs. And so I, um, I, 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 I kind of said to the the lady the waitress, I said, I know this is going to be like sound totally crazy, but could I get a takeaway cup of some of that dog bowl <laughs> water? And she like looked at me like what? Oh. <laughs> so it was the weirdest ever request from the customer. But anyway,s That's so funny. In good spirit, she she let me. She thought, oh God, if she's that desperate. I may as well let her have it. <laughs> so, so then, um, so I froze that water, and I got this amazing image. And I just, I was blown away by this. That is
0: one. nuts. It's
1: really amazing. Um, this doesn't look amazing, but the story behind it gives it its its value. So I wanted to see, much like Hieronymus talks about that life force energy that emanates from a body, is whether it's alive or dead. And so I, I, my daughter was out in the garden, and she found all these worms in the, in the earth. She was doing some gardening, and she was showing me the worms. And so I got a petri dish with no water in it, and I put two worms in the, in the petri dish, and they wiggled around, and then I put them back in the earth. And then I put a little water in the petri dish and froze it, and it showed the two worms wow. that were in there, and so the water picked up on their life force energy or perhaps because I use only glass petri dishes and glass is essentially silica and silica is a crystal and it's storing information. So perhaps that helped store the memory. Um, either way, it's pretty amazing. Either way, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I did exactly the same thing with the monarch butterfly caterp- uh, the caterpillar um, and I got the caterpillar in the ice. So wow then I started, you know, I'm right out on the edge and there is nothing stopping me from asking some pretty amazing questions. And that's the cool thing. You know, when you're doing your own thing, you do your, you do your own thing and it doesn't, you're not limited to what, what you can do. So, um, so I started talking, I was just talking to water and then freezing it. It's like, I know it sounds nuts, but when you actually see the communication back, it's not so nuts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who's nuts now? Yep.
1: So I said, do you see me? Whoa. And I got these like three eyes. And oh so, my gosh. so the fact that there's three is no coincidence. I don't think so. It's Third eye? Up, well, maybe, but the fact that they're just eyeballs and it's like, you know, it's like eyeballs without the head or the body or anything. So it's almost as if water itself can see without eyes and can feel without a heart and think without a brain and remember, you know, without this human, the type of anatomy that we believe is part of our whole functionality so um, so I asked the water, do you know who I am? And uh, so I wrote, so I had the, the picture on the right is just for comparison. I didn't show this to the water at all. Gotcha. But that's exactly how I link my initials. And so Whoa. I always link my initials like that. And so the water has... Really, kind of give me an upgraded version of
2: my (laughs) my
1: initials, and this was quite large in the petri dish as well. Um, And the backed out version is also in my book. So I really had to do that for people. I had to show the backed out versions because people were like, "How is this real?" You know. Um, And I'm so useless with the kind of techno stuff. I wouldn't even know how to
2: manipulate. No,
1: no. Um, I said, "Can you see spirits?" And so this is a really interesting picture because although it looks like the water is liquid, it was actually solid surrounded by liquid Um, surrounded by like, so there's that area in the middle that looks mm-hmm. kind of liquid, even though it's solid. And then yeah. around it was the areas that looked more solid and it was, I had to touch it actually to make sure that it wasn't liquid because in my brain that didn't make sense. Yeah. And so it shows this kind of face with a type of body, which looks completely different than any other photo I've taken and it's like this strange, interesting kind of formation has formed in the ice that literally doesn't even make sense. So I don't even know. I got know. goosebumps.
0: I don't know what to say about that one. That is <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah.
1: Uh, I said the word Maui. And for the people who don't know, it's a, it's a name. In New Zealand, the name Maui, people think about the Maori, like the Maori warrior who was said to have fished up the North Island of New Zealand with his grandmother's jawbone cut made into the shape of a hook. And so this was showing like the power of a name and it's yeah. designed this cool fish hook. Uh, I said with a lot of respect, I said the word Shalom and this incredible image appeared, which some people think looks like an archangel or Yeshua or or something of that nature.
0: Whatever it is, it's beautiful.
1: Yeah said, can you connect to my mom? And this ties in with the idea that water somehow is the link between this world and other worlds, not just other universes, but, but other realms, perhaps. And so I used to live in Japan, and um, I wonder if I need to move. Let's just say my internet is a little unstable. Can you see okay?
0: Yes. Yep.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, so I said, "Can you connect to my mum?" And so I, I used to live in Japan, and Mum and I would write letters to each other. This was before the days of emails. And at the end of every letter, my mother would draw a circle with a heart inside. But her circles, like, were never that great. Mum would be the first to say she was never the best artist in the <laughs> world, and they always looked like missh- misshapen roti. And so when I saw the image on the left, which was the first one, I'm like, "Oh my god!" It was like. Somehow Mum had managed to like design a, a a picture for me to say, you know, I'm, I'm here. And then I did it a, a year later and this other image, which looks similar, although more, more oval yep. um, a, appeared. And the picture on the right is a picture of me and Mum. Oh How and did you I respond when you saw this? Oh, uh, honestly, it was very personal. It took me a long time to even share this because hmm. it was such a personal picture. And my relationship with my mum was just so incredibly strong and special. She was a walking angel, and she was taken way too early. And um, but I do feel, you know, she's cheering me on up there, with all her endless cups of tea, and, <laughs> and, and it's nice to see these these things of which I've always felt and thought inside of myself and my personal thoughts. That uh, through the transition from from the physical into another, it kind of goes into another phase, just like we see with water. It's always reincarnating.
0: It still exists. It's just in a different phase.
1: Just in a different phase. Exactly. So then I said, show me life on another planet. Mm. And I'm like, oh, it looks like a scene from Star Wars. It's like, it does. it's really kind of cool. Um, And then I said, please show me something on earth that was inspired by aliens. Whoa. So I haven't shared this photo yet, but the ice image showed this incredible um, design, which looks so much like this, the Mayan pyramid at Tikal. Yes. And um, what was interesting is, at that particular place in Guatemala, they they also found these figurines that were said, uh, kind of called alien astronauts. And so the link is so cool. And when you really look at that design, you can see it's almost as if there's kind of clouds going up, yeah. and you can see steps and it's a, it's very dramatic. So I asked the same question again, um, sometime later and I got this pyramid 3d kind of like image of a alien, like a, um, aerial view of a pyramid that looks much more the while well, like the ones in Giza. Yeah. And so this kind of line of questioning is always open for interpretation, but what is showing us something really intriguing. And so I kind of, um, Started continuing on with that, which I'll get into in a, in a minute. So, going with the kind of Egyptian theme, I used a hieroglyphic tablet as one of my repeat studies. So, there were three, I printed it out and I put three petri dishes of water on top of the um, image you see at the bottom right. Mm-hmm. And so, you can see how similar they all are. Yeah. Except what I keep finding is the more repeat studies I do, the more angles water likes to show. So from different, like, so from underneath or around the side or above, it kind of does all these different
0: views. I'm going to show you a different perspective each time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so i use media quite a bit um, because we are all often influenced in one way or another by media Um, and for this particular one i I, i'm sharing it mainly just because i have so many of them so i did three at a time literally sat them on the couch to watch the passion of the christ and i've used other ones like jaws and like batman and all (laughs) different kinds and then i left i left the room and came back and, and froze them and the first three gave me the crucifix and then i did it months later and the second lot of three gave me this crucifix, which is- It's interesting, that is,
0: second row, it's more, uh, all thin three thin are thin more thin. zoomed out.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It is. Um, so this was what I was talking about earlier about the sound of om, uh, and it yeah. likes to create these round designs, it's kind of universal. And you can see how big that is. And all of them, you can see most of the petri dish. Yeah. So, oh my you know, my, pe- my, like, my petri dishes, they're pretty big so it's like these are big images right yeah um so this is one of my other repeated tests kind of going on from these sort of um extraterrestrial uh influences so i use the word alien so i use these different methods i'll write a word sometimes and um put the petri dish of water on top of the word and then take it off and freeze it and so for this first one um and also i'll say that sometimes it's as if well most of the time it's as if there's a different artist painting the same or designing the same uh, picture as if there were a ton of people in a, in a room and there's one subject and they all have to paint the subject, but each person's going to do it slightly differently, but it's the same subject. So in this particular repeat study, I'm seeing the same thing. So when I wrote the word alien, this head appeared, which reminds me of one of the crystal skulls, you know, yeah. from Indiana Jones or something. Or Totally. And um, for this second one, I <laughs> I used the word alien and this one looks more like um, you know with the elongated skull it looks like this egyptian hieroglyph. yeah and that's the common thread between them all they all have elongated skulls same with this one looks more like a gray what people might term as a gray with that kind of long skull and it's a different form again so those three repeated studies show three different very different um you know designs of aliens essentially from the word i mean it's however you perceive the word or maybe how I perceive the word. I don't really know yet. But what, what if you
0: had three different people say the word alien, you and your son and somebody else? Yeah.
1: Uh, we, we're, we're bound to see different things. Yeah. And that, that's the thing is also every time you use a water. So I use lots of different types of water. Lots of people ask me that. And I often, I, I often forget to mention it. So I, I use spring water. I use seawater. I use different types of spring water. I find I use rainwater sometimes, you know, but, um, I don't like to use distilled water, because what I found is it never shows complex imagery. I think that then relates into my idea about salt storing memory. Um, But there's, you know, you can use all kinds. But I found the best kinds come from natural springs, um, and especially if you can get it directly from source. But each time you get it, you're getting another type, a new water, essentially. So it's almost like every molecule is like, is like its own individual person that then has all its own individual kind of molecules within it. It's like the idea, the kind, if you imagine or thought about that, then the, the amount of information that could be stored is just so fathomless, it's impossible to almost imagine.
0: Um, you, what about uh, easy water and Gerald Pollack's um, water that he studies? I know there's a way you can sort of, structure your own water. Uh, Have you played with that?
1: um, Many times. Another part of what I do, the the more sciencey area, I suppose, is being able to prove and show waters, uh, the crystallography of the qualitative aspects of water. So each water has its own kind of signature pattern. So tap water has a very specific look about it. It's quite disordered. It has lines and dots, but it doesn't show any complex geometry. Whereas if you took water directly out of a spring, you'll see these beautiful hexagonal patterns, much like snowflakes, only slightly different in that each pattern has, each star kind of has these ferns around it and then it's formed into this hexagonal shape. And and then there's this process of degradation. So I can show how, as water goes through right angles, it it starts to degrade and it's crystallography. And so the more right angles it's gone through, by the time it comes out of your tap, it's gone through so many that it's become more disordered. And so also when, when water and molecules go through right angles, they lose an electron, so they don't actually have the same um, format, charged. essentially, yeah. anymore. So they're not as, as charged. So, um, but I've also been able to prove how water can improve from that state through things like vortexing. Even just using a spoon and stirring it and um, through um, infrared light and through filtering it through silk and through uh, consciousness. So you can have all these physical modalities that will improve it. But the biggest changes I've ever seen have come from conscious awareness. So the water itself, like I've said, when when you look at an analysis, um, well, I haven't said this, but, but, but it, it ties into something I did say. But um, when you look at an analysis, you read all of the things that are in the water, you know, the, the, the total dissolved solids, the boron, the chloride, blah, blah, blah. So you're, what you're reading, though, is what water holds. So what about the water itself? I, if you took all that stuff out of it and made it whatever the pure is, then, 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 then what is that? And so I think of that as there are, water certainly has an, an, um, an energetic state of health. And I see that because tap water still holds all of the stuff in it that's not that the heavy metals, the various different additives and chemicals. But structurally, right. it can completely be transformed with somebody just holding a bottle of water to their chest lovingly. Structurally, Unbelievable. that can heal. So it's sort of like somebody who is very sick and, um, and, and feeling really bad and somebody gives them a huge hug, it's not that they're not sick anymore, but their emotional state is improved. It's that power of conscious caring. It's very real.
0: And that and so, impacts the water more than anything you found.
1: Yes, yes. Well, it, it, the quickest. It just goes from zero to hero. <laughs> and depending on your state of, of, of love. I wasn't going to stay state of mind. Because sometimes it's like a bipedal. It's, it's like if you can bring the mind and the heart together, I think that that union brings about something very powerful. In fact, the most powerful photo I took, I took the very sad tap water, and my children and I sent love to the water. But the thing we did that was different was we also sent love to each other. And that created the most beautiful hexagonal pattern in the ice. And the larger, bigger is better when it comes to crystallography like that. So the larger the hexagon, the, the more powerful that energetic expression is. So in the photo we're looking at, I held a glass of water and looked, held it up and looked through it at the tree on the right. And you can see that water's designed what I saw. So oh. um, this is an important photograph. So the photo on the left is was water that I took from an area which had a lot of Maori settlement, which, which was around over a hundred years ago. And I was looking at that image going you know what that reminds me of a pātaka which is uh, these food storage huts that were built on stilts that the Maori made to st- kind of stop a lot of predators from getting up into the food mm-hmm. and they would they would sometimes store water and gourds in these huts and I, as I was looking at that I started researching the area and I found this historical fo- um, fo- sketch on the right that when I put them together, I'm like, oh my God. You can see the second one in the background of the yeah. ice picture. I'm like, this is this. So it was because Water had shown me that picture and that it reminded me of that that I started doing the research and found right. the photo to the left to the right, which is really incredible. It
0: is incredible.
1: This one's fairly self-explanatory really. Hmm. But what's what's kind of cool is that um, wasn't long after I took that photo that I, I actually chipped my thumb. So it's like what have showed me something that was about to happen.
2: Wow!
1: <laughs> I mean, my na- my thumbnail. Yeah. Um, and this, aisle, I like chocolate. So um, <laughs> I don't drink or do any or smoke or do any of things like that. And I've been vegetarian since I was eight, but I love to have chocolate. This is and your one sorry, face. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, yeah. Well, I think everybody should have a little bit of chocolate of every now, then if they like it. but anyway you can you can see that water designed it and uh i used the broccoli water and it designed the broccoli it's almost like the broccoli was cut in half
2: yeah yeah wow
1: um this is also self explanatory you can actually see what i did i do a lot of what seem like random things sometimes but there's usually always some story behind them um Mm -hmm. this is an important photo so i used the butter knife as the influence i just took a photo of it for my reference But what you can see is the water's designed the butter knife, but it was also showing me that it's seen the two coasters that were in the background. That wasn't part of the test, which is important to remember that water is showing that it's observing much more than we think Uh, the influence of media. So um, this is a powerful picture. I've outlined the pigs for you to see that they're fairly clear without the outline. Uh, But I showed water, my petri dish of water, this YouTube video of this um, pig that actually jumped out of a moving truck because it wanted to escape from being taken to slaughter. And so the, 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 the water's really shown like a sketch almost of this poor pig, but what it showed that you didn't see in the video was a second pig. And there was, this makes me think that there was probably a second pig that was trying to jump out with the first one. And it's again, showing what is showing us that it can see what we might not be able to see. And um, it's, it's a very powerful picture, this one for it me. It is. Um, I, could, I mentioned before, uh, my, my son wanted me to do this one. So you can see how big it is because you can see the side of the Petri dish. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but that's obvious what that was. Super that cool, day. yeah. It's super cool. Um, this one was from Jaws. Whoa. A very big Jawsy picture. Um, And I used this uh, image actually for the cover of my book because I just love the designs and the color and the profile and the shape um, from the movie Avatar. It's a powerful movie. Um, And so I used the influence of words. Um, So this cool image came from, I sat it on top of a wedding invitation I was sent but there were no actual rings on the invitation. The main word I sat the Petri dish on was wedding. And so it designed something that I've never seen before being able to in recreate at all. Like even I try to make water do, as a bubble. Do you know how hard it is to do that? <laughs> how, how this has happened, I don't know. Wow. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, I used the word Pugioni, which is Latin for Dagger, because people have often said, can you understand different languages? Well, of course, but it's fun to prove it. Yeah. Um, and so my daughter did this one. She used the word unicorn, because she likes unicorns and magic and fairies. And it looks like a scene out of uh, the movie Frozen. Yeah. So, um, and I used the word angel. Oh, this is pretty beautiful. Oh. You see the outline of the body and the wings. Yes. Um, this is a relatively recent one I did called, it says the word antenna and it looks like a dipole I antenna. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I really love this picture and I think this is an important photo that a lot of people overlook because it doesn't look like something specific, but it looks like something very metallic that's in the water. This is liquid, right, when it went in. And this thing looks like some metal object that's literally in the ice and there's that round thing kind of in the front of it. And it's not like it's, it it does look artificial and I don't really know what what is showing me here, but sometimes it's, it's almost reminiscent of like Elon Musk's kind of Neuralink thing that he wants people Mm -hmm. to in their brains or something, but it is, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing picture that one. Um, and then I just used thoughts. So this, I didn't even do this one. My, my son did all this as well as take the photo. He, his name is Rama. And we were talking about his name as in Lord Rama um, with a Hindu God and Lord Rama always has a bow and arrow. And so he thought of an arrow and he did all of this himself. So that's also proof that it's not just me. Right. And his photo is amazing. Um, I thought of a shooting star and I thought of the man in the moon. So, uh, and then there's remote ones, remote thought. So uh, I asked a friend of mine who lives in India, I rang her up and I said, look, I'm, I'm, app actually I've only done two of these, but um, I'm working, I mean, there's there's so much to, to do, still to do. But I said to her, could you please project a thought from India to my petri dish of water on the bench here in New Zealand? And just think of something, don't tell me what it is. And so she did that and I pulled this image out and she was like, oh my God, let me tell you what I was thinking. So what I did already know about her, but I didn't know what she was thinking at the time, um, she has had this really dramatic fear of drowning her whole life to the degree, to extreme degree. She's She's never bathed. She's always, her showers are, and in India, you do this a lot where you stand in a bucket and you use like a a cup and you, Mm -hmm. you shower yourself that way. That's the closest she's felt comfortable to being in water. And it got so bad and so bad and so much worse that over in the last year and a bit, she started having therapy and the therapist said to her, imagine, just start with imagining yourself in water. So when she imagines in water, she thinks she's, she's a Hindu. So she thought, well, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die in the Ganges. And so she imagines she's standing on a rock with her head above water in the Ganges. And that was what she was thinking. Oh, my oh, India, God. From India to New Zealand. <laughs> what? So I did another one. And so with this one, um, I rang a friend of mine that lives in the States. And I said to her, hey, you know, she knows about my work. I said, could you project a thought, please, into my petri dish and the same thing and but as I was talking to her, her husband came around in the zoom call and like waved at me and she'd recently got married I'd never met him before and I don't catch up with her too often so I, I really didn't know anything much about this guy and he seemed like a nice man though and I said hey hey, hey let's make it really random why didn't you ask him he'll do this and so he was a good sport and um so he 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 thought of something projected it and then kind of went away And uh, when I sent her her the photo, she showed it to him, and she said his face like went white (laughs) because okay, so so you know I'm a vegetarian. This is not something I'd ever think. He was a hunter, and he was planning on going hunting for pheasant, and so you can see that the outline of a bird in this with a hand man like a hand holding this bird, and so. And the guy had got this long tail like a pheasant does. And he he was, like, kind of freaked out.
2: Blown away. <laughs> and, oh.
1: But this was because of him. It had nothing to do with me except I kind of was the medium of holding the petri dish and putting right. it in the freezer. Um, which is incredible. So then I worked on emotion. So there's a repeat. Some... Some repeat studies I've done, but I mean, I've these are quite extensive now. But, um, just using them as examples. What's really s- sweet is that water shows love, the feeling of love, and these heart shapes, which um, which is interesting because for gratitude, which we'll see in a minute, it shows those kind of um, beautiful fern hexagons I talked about in water in a state of health. Whereas the, the feeling of love shows up something very human, like where we we associate a heart with love.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The feeling of stress. Um, which so many of us understand, it can sometimes feel kind of spiky. And so water designed it, it like spikes.
0: And so with this, you um, try to project that feeling you get in yeah, that state. I just,
1: I just sit in the feeling of, of these. The, and the hardest one for me was frustration and anger, but every now and then we have, we, you know, we can remember if we just go back through the catalog of memories in our lives, we can always go back into the memory of when we felt angry or frustrated. We've all felt like that, even if it was, even if you're the most, you know, lovely person, sooner or later, even when you were a child, there's um, some memory in there of yep. frustration and anger, and you're a highly evolved being, which there are some <laughs> out there, of course. Um, but you can see these, these hexagonal ferns I was telling you about, and yep. so um, you know you can see the size of the the one in the one on the top right. Yes. Um, wow. And this is from the feeling of gratitude, and that's what I would see in perfect, pristine, healthy spring water. That's what I always look for. Um, and frustration and anger is there's actually a thickening of the ice. What's that's what's so interesting? They're very, very similar, which is which is interesting. But I also did those ones at the same time. Um, that might have an impact, but yeah. the, 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 there's a thickening. And so I really took that, because um, I noticed there was thickening in other things and I wanted to show you what they were. So thickening is very weird and unusual, but relevant. It's very important, I think, to, to notice. So like the top one, um, you can see that there is that, the top left, that's the crystallography of gratitude. And the bottom one is that feeling of anger. Um, But the middle one, you can see that's spring water. That's what I would like to see in a good, healthy spring water. But after being exposed to 5G tower, I sat it beside the tower for 15 minutes. And um, you can see it's thickened. It's totally thickened and come over almost like a, I don't know. It's it's, it's almost so strange. And then um, I took a natural pH 9.9 spring water. And that's the kind of water that actually healed my body. It was one of its unique properties that's straight up actually out of the aquifer its ph was 9.9 so it's one of the highest um most alkaline waters naturally occurring that i've personally found um but then i did the ionized version of a 9.9 and i saw a thickening as well that kind of happened so that was a very interesting observation um what what conclusion do you draw
0: from that just that these emotions cause the thickening is there a metaphor at least there that what
1: I, what I believe, well, I'll go back to it real quick, is that um, with each one, there is um, an electronic, like an electric component. So our thoughts are electric, essentially, and I have a frequency. So the frequency of gratitude is very different than the frequency of frustration or anger. Gratitude is a cho- chosen um, response, I yes. Okay. Okay, so that, so that was like kind of interesting. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we were just talking about electromagnetic uh, influence on water, and then uh, it, our connection went bad. So
1: It went bad. This is so interesting. But, but yeah, the, the, the similarities with this for me are that, that all of the water has been influenced by some kind of EMF. Uh, essentially, thoughts create electrical impulses. Um, of different frequencies, so the frequency of gratitude is really different than the frequency of frustration and anger, which is kind of a knee-jerk reaction rather than a chosen reaction. Whereas gratitude is very much a chosen, chosen thought of, of a way of um, expressing. Five um, G is obviously electromagnetic, and ionized water has an electrical component within it as well. So it seems that it's the the frequency that is being the thing that, that is somehow some powerful meaning. This. This thickening in the eyes again like it'd be interesting to see what's you know a more scientific view of that would be but I just present what I keep seeing what I'm really um, good at is observing patterns and I, and I can remember pretty much all, all the different pictures if I see something that looks similar I've seen that before and I'm able to go back and find it and so uh, when I see these patterns, develop they're showing you something important it's, it's up to us to pay attention you
0: know what this reminds me of back to dr. Cowan again I don't know if you've read his book on cancer uh, it's called uh, cancer in the new biology of water yeah but he it reminds me of this phenomenon a little bit I don't know if there's a parallel but he says basically what cancer is is when there's a breakdown in the water in the cytoplasm in your cells and that could be influenced by EMFs uh, uh, bad emotions stress all these things you're describing and what happens is if I understand correctly the As the water uh, breaks down, it loses its structure, and I guess it loses its charge, and the molecules start to bond together more closely than they should naturally. You know, good healthy cells should have a good charge and be spaced apart, so it loses the charge due to the breakdown in the water, and all these cells clump together, clump together, and that's how you get this big, thick tumor, this cancerous growth which is a thickening, which is kind of reminiscent of what you're, you're showing here. So I don't know if there's a, a parallel there, uh, yeah. but it reminds me of that.
1: That really makes sense to me. Because I years ago, one of the reasons I got interested in water in the first place was because I had a pulmonary embolism. After eight surgeries, after a car accident, they found that they, I was having bowel surgery, but I didn't recover well. And they found that I had showers of blood clots in my lungs. And they wanted me to be on warfarin for, um, for a certain period of time. And I was, I was fed that fear, even though I was young and healthy and strong. Um, but I was surprised that that had happened to me. But after so much anesthetic and so many surgeries, it had an impact. And so a friend of mine who was a doctor, after I'd done this sort of three or four months or however long I did, they saw that my, my chest was clear of clots. But he is a medical doctor, but practiced Ayurvedic medicine. He said, if you can find a natural high source of alkaline water, it might be able to help to stabilise the... Um, you know, your body and get it back into balance. Yeah. But what was happening is that there was this thickening that was that, called rouleaux when the, you know, when the, the, the blood starts to kind of form plots and become very sticky. Yeah. And that's a very serious problem. So again, this thickening kind of is, you know, it is very, very interesting when you start putting these links together. And that's where I think this work has so many benefits, and that you can take a lot of what is being explained, but then look at the crystallography of, of this kind of stuff and see that it's actually supporting the work.
2: Absolutely. Oh,
1: no. Okay, so this. Um, so, um, so I did another test after I did that, and uh, I let the water evaporate. And by the way, fortunately, I haven't put it in this. Um, in the slide but, um, but I, I took a photo of it without the influence and it was all cubic and that's what you would normally see in, in salt it's, it's kind of cubic forms and structures um, and that's really sh- another way of showing the, the, the power of influence and that it was it was very cool um, so this is just like the introduction to my, um, my step-by-step guide that people can go ahead and, and, and get and download um, and this is a picture of my book and think, oh it's my website.
0: <laughs> Amazing. So w- first of all, when did the book come out?
1: So um, there's been, gratefully, so many people have gone ahead and actually done pre-orders way more than I ever could have imagined. <laughs> um, and it just shows how so how many people have been supporting my work, which is just mind-blowing. So I, I, I think they're starting to get sent out. Actually, the books are starting to get sent out now. So people will be getting the very first copies very soon. And, uh, and so, yeah, you can just buy it at all the likely places and on my website. Um, and you can also, you, if you buy the book, you get the guide for free to, to play with. And you can join the Facebook group, which is called the Secret Intelligence of Water CMP Lab, where I only, I'm only allowing people that are actually doing the work in, because it's not for just people that are just curious to see what's going on. It's actually right. like a workshop, you know, where we can all interact together. Um and so that's that's super fun and it's lovely to be able to see people's enthusiasm for being able to see things up here one lady it was very cool she's a i can't remember what she's a chemist or biologist or something and um she reached out to me and she had done so she had her petri dish of water that was sitting opposite her freezer before she put it in the freezer and so she pulled it out and there was this big very specifically shaped question mark and she was like what? what's going on with the question mark because she, she didn't know what that was about and then it just the penny dropped for her of you know how we put all kinds of in that you might not but i do <laughs> put all kinds of stuff on your freezer like your yep. kids pictures and magnets and whatever she had all these different things but the one thing she'd taken off that had been on her freezer for years and years and years um she'd only taken it off a few days before where there was a question mark, the exact same shape type of shaped question mark and it's just a question war and so what I had showed her the one thing that was missing on the
2: present, <laughs> <laughs> like
1: super interesting. And there's some other, a lady recently in the group has, uh, did an influence with like, um, some kind of fairy or something, a picture of one and got some pretty cool results. And, um, yeah, it's, it's growing quickly and people are getting excited about it.
0: I bet it is so much fun though, to see the creations that, uh, we'll call them your students, uh, come up with.
1: It is, it is so much fun. And what's fun is that, like I said in the beginning, before we really properly started the talk, is <laughs> like the more people that get excited about water and see it not just as some kind of um, commodity or resource. Like I think water is source, not just a resource. And so when we think and, and start to interact with water and we see that we're getting a response. So if something responds to us, what does that mean? to you as a person, like I'm not, I'm not asking you specifically, but that's the question that people start asking themselves when they do it for themselves. And there, you know, a lot of people are very um, uh, reluctant to, it it makes, it means you have to have a change of mindset, a, a kind of almost change of paradigm. It's like if water is responsive and has an intelligence, but we are always branding nature with the human yardstick if we stop doing that and we recognize there's intelligence in all nature then what's in all nature the one thing that's in every living thing is water
0: it's like so let life. go of your attachments to what we've all been taught and uh trying to figure it out and you just let go right
1: it's like yoda yoda yeah. said we must unlearn what we have learned <laughs>
0: <laughs> i want to hear your yoda uh voice. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> Oh, I, I, you know, I, I'm curious if uh, the type of person and their mindset uh, impacts the the uh, images that that uh, you see, or if someone who is totally right brain, like a you know, not to stereotype, but a you know, high level business CEO for a massive uh, corporate organization, uh, that would not be open to something like this, uh, versus let's say like an enlightened yogi. You know, mm-hmm. or, do you think the water? cares like if if uh they both said the same word or thought the same thought is the water going to respond differently to those different people
1: well one thing i know about very high-powered business people and i know several is that they are very creative in the way that they think they have to think well ahead and they're very strategic so they're very used to like actually using their minds in in a in a sense in a creative way which it might not seem like that, but in fact they're quite brilliant and that you know I love being able to see how people think, and I, I see the the, the the amazingness essentially this a very <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a good word
1: but, you know in, in every person, and so when it's, it's like almost a judgment to think that water wouldn't show up for them. Um,
2: absolutely yeah and
1: and so all I would say to anyone that wants to do this that has actually got so far to go okay I'm just going to try this is rather than go I just want to prove this wrong because that's a thought of course where you you might you might because I can't tell you what water's going to do because I don't know (laughs) Um, is that that it might you know just not show you imagery that it might surprise you You don't know, but I would suggest to those people just go in with a with a sense of curiosity, you know, if, if, you know, the very science minded people and I like embrace all, I just think that that's the key water isn't sitting in judgment, it will enter the body of, you know, it enters the body of all different kinds of people, without question including all different types of animals and plants and everything it goes in places we would never want to go it's flushed down the toilet constantly you know it is it is so humble and without judgment and that is the 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 beautiful thing that I see in water so many things that I'm saying are just facts as well is that water you know essentially came from from asteroids and then it it has all these crazy anomalous properties that don't make sense which is why so many people don't want to study water because it doesn't conform it's hard to study. And then it also, you know, by molecular count, we're 99% water. And by volume, you know, we vary between sort of 65 to 75% depending on our age, body, shape, weight, blah, blah, blah. Yep. So we're, we're all of this water content from somewhere we don't even know where it came from. <laughs> and that we, it is constantly recycling on earth that we see. It's always reincarnating. And it is very much, I mean, without we can't live, it is literally the lifeblood of the planet and of us. And the fact that there's this marriage between salt and water, that's like between awareness and memory. And so it is you know, very practical, you, you boil it down, you, you literally look at the human body without, you know, obviously there's all kinds of little things we can study in medical science and this, but it's just water, salt, minerals and consciousness, really and, and, and then we look at that and you really start to, to think about this and then you start looking and do the research and that's why we say do it yourself have fun explore because at the very least I say to people when you start working with water, please try not to go into it with an expectation of it. Right, show me this or show me that. Um, I always think just just don't do anything. Just let it see what it will do. Let it show you the patterns that it would form that it forms in its natural state. Look what tap water looks like. Look what spring water looks like. See what the signature pattern of your water is try taking a sip of it and then putting some of that into the water and see how that changes it you know like that's something I do with the children I go into schools and I donate you know some time once a month teaching water science in primary schools and I do some of this I kind of mix it with an art project and science and we do this kind of work with children they get amazing amazing stuff coming out of there because their minds are just so open and there's no expectation and I think that that's the key we get disappointed when we have our expectations are not met. But when we go into something just with an open mind, everything suddenly becomes interesting and, and
2: of relevance.
0: It's like some of the best images you you showed in your presentation were the ones where it was accidental and <laughs> there wasn't you know some preconceived idea of what you wanted it to be. So that makes yeah. total sense.
1: Yeah. I think you just gotta have a bit of fun with it too. And um, yeah, I, I think forming relationships This one lady, she said to me, she studied uh, trees, and she came from an indigenous perspective, and she said that she speaks to trees, right? I know that's totally out there for some (laughs) people, but from an indigenous point of view, many indigenous people would totally appreciate that um, fact, and she said the tree said that when she applies her consciousness towards the tree, it allows the uh, tree's sap to absorb more light. And then she said she she studied bees and she said she'd stare at the beehive and watch the bees coming and going for ages. And then one bee came out and said to her, look, we don't mind you looking at us, but would you mind not doing it for so long? Because your consciousness is putting too much light into the hive. And so I took that and I thought, well, perhaps the connection that I'm making with water is adding more light into the water. Because, you know, as Jerry Pollock talks about the fourth phase of water, there are various properties that make it different. It's slightly more alkaline. It has a negative charge. It has more viscosity, it absorbs more light. And uh, so, you know, I thought, well, that's a very interesting thing. And then I think about bonds. We have bonds between people. There's all different kinds of bonding. There's chemical bonding, the relationship between oxygen and hydrogen, and water, It's obviously. But then there's, there's bonds between people. There are invisible bonds that we have. And so I think that, you know, I'm just coming from my own perspective, is that the bond that I have with water, this emotional bond, kind of creates this observance so that rather than showing me everything that it sees within a test like it can do it could do that could show me so much information but because I'm focused on one thing let's say it's the hand then water will reflect that hand back at me because it's paying close attention there's a there's a there's an attention span that's held because of the bond the, the kind of friendship that we have so we look at how we relate to people and there's some people we don't really pay attention so much strongly to what they might be saying. But if someone we really care and respect about, we will pay attention and we will focus on what they're saying. We won't notice all of what's going on around us. And so that's one of the things I found, the closer the bonds you have with water, the, 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 the more specific the imagery can get.
0: That's uh, beautifully said. And yeah, I, I can't help but think of my interactions with loved ones and uh, how, when you do get locked into that moment, when you're having a, deep conversation and you're not distracted by your phone or the TV or whatever else in life, uh, that's when you have these true connections. So um, there's a lot of parallels there. Mm -hmm. Feta, thank you. This has been really mind blowing and uh, enlightening. And um, uh, I can't thank you enough. Um, We we showed people your website and your book. But for those that will be listening via audio, could you tell everybody uh, where to go to check out more of your work?
1: Sure. Yeah. It's, it's my name. It's, um, it's Beta Austin, V E D A Austin, A U S T I N or one word lowercase.com. Uh, and I share loads of videos and my podcasts are on there and lots of examples of my work. So I try to give away as much as I can, because I think it's so important. Um, and there you can, there's a link to going to um, buy the book, or if you don't want to, you can just buy this, the, the guide itself. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's, that's everything. I mean, I've got, I, I'm slowly getting a presence on Instagram. So if anyone <laughs> wants to follow me, then go, go ahead. Yeah. What's I,
0: the Instagram handle?
1: Um, it's beta Austin. Uh, I think it's just water researcher. And um, I haven't done that. I, I, like I, I, for whatever reason, I only just started getting into Instagram. I feel like a dinosaur,
0: but um, <laughs>
1: anyway no, it's yeah. probably
0: a good thing that you're yeah. you know not but too uh, into it
1: yeah but i've got a, a a really active facebook page um which is my there's i have my personal page and then there's better awesome researcher water researcher and there's lots of info there i share daily on that
0: page awesome well we'll link up to all those things in the show notes so people can easily access that last question what's on the horizon are there uh some new things you want to try um you know new, oh, new paths God. you want to go down
1: I I swear I could be doing this work for the next nine lifetimes, probably more. But, um, well, uh, people have been uh, sending me some ideas and um, there's a a lot of work that I'm doing around things that really interest people, like how, like within the health realm, like proving that water can um, change its structure through various modalities. For example, like, reiki and thought and different types of things like that and i've that is some of that's touched on in my book but i will be doing some more of that i'm going to be asking some pretty profound questions to water like you know some like it, it's just there's this endless amount of things you can do but some some really small specific questions like one of the questions i'm curious about is like what's at the very bottom of the ocean
2: Ooh.
1: And I don't know that we've ever discovered anything at the very, very bottom. We don't have never gone so far down. We know more about up there almost than we know about down there. Right. But I'd be Very curious to know about that. Um, and, you know, I could say, show me, show me the, the world in 20 years, you know, there's endless things. So I, I kind of would like to do one whole section of just questions, really interesting, curious questions that I can ask water. Um, and, and, uh, and then I mean like I love to do a series of specific kinds of ones and I'm also going to do um, an art exhibition of my work I as love well. that yeah and I've done some amazing stuff um, with egg white which would blow your mind the crystallography that I've taken um, which is a whole another thing and that's going in, in an artistic direction but it's got a, a lot of merit to it which is a whole
0: hour talk, which I won't get into. Yeah. Well, I mean, these photographs are, they are pieces of art, you know, they could uh, uh, stand alone as just beautiful pieces of art. So I could totally see this beautiful art gallery uh, selling your, uh, your photographs um, and see that doing very well. Uh, So that's exciting. There's a billion directions you could go with this stuff.
1: Oh, there's so much. And I'm always open to suggestions as well. So
0: all right. Well, good stuff. Well, thank you again. It was a, a real pleasure having you on and let's stay in touch. I'm going to uh, experiment with this. I'm going to, I'm going to buy the, the book in the program and my kids are really excited about this. And, uh, it's one of the few things they actually like, listen to me. I'll try to teach them something, you know, but they got all into it. It helps to have these, uh, photographs that I can show. Uh, oh, yeah. but, uh, I told them I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to do it. I'm going to get some Petri dishes and we're going to play with it. So I will send you, uh, what I come up with and, uh, you let me know what you think.
1: Oh, sounds like fun. I look forward to it. All right. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you again. <laughs> Unreal, right? Unbelievable. For those of you only listening to audio, you definitely want to make a point to click on the link in the show notes and check out the video. If you made it through the entire episode, you'll no doubt feel compelled to uh, to do so. So, Check that out. Definitely check out her website and her social media. Her Instagram is awesome. I mean, she is very frequently posting really mind-blowing pictures, and she never ceases to amaze me. So uh, I want to thank Veda for taking the time to meet with me, and thank all of you for your time today. I hope you enjoy that. I am not sure. If I'm shooting you guys straight, I have no idea which episode we're going to release next week. I have a bunch of interviews in the can, and I'm really torn. And as I mentioned in the uh, pilot episode, The original inspiration was COVID, and that will continue to be a theme as long as we're dealing with COVID. I have learned so much more even in the last few weeks about virology and about the medical paradigm and what's really going on. So I really want to share as much of this information as I can with you. So that will continue to be a theme, but my hope is that that won't be a theme forever. And I want the show to largely be about improving your health and wellness through physical means, spiritual means, mental, you name it. So, I'm going to sort of, for the time being, intersperse some COVID related interviews with health and wellness biohacking related interviews. So, kind of torn on what's released next, but rest assured it's going to be good. So far, all the interviews are really, really good. And I've really lucked out and landed some interviews with some people that I really look up to. So, I feel very fortunate to have an excuse to reach out to these people and pick their brain and ask them all the questions that I'm selfishly wondering. So, Hopefully by sharing my selfishness with you, you'll learn a thing or two along the way. Either way, definitely check us out next week. It'll be a good interview. I promise you that. And until next time, be well.